in the high desert in the great American Southwest. I'm Art Bell. Slamming into your radio like a supercharged nanoparticle of unobtainium. My name is George Van. I'm Richard Serrett. This is Connie Willis. I'm George Norrie. Welcome to Coast to Coast Day. It's great to be here. Welcome to Coast to Coast PM, the number one unofficial Coast to Coast AM podcast. We are two brothers who analyze the world's largest overnight paranormal radio show known as Coast to Coast AM. My name is Paul. I'm the one who uh, listens to this inexplicable radio show here with my brother. Hey, it's Chris. I'm the Tessa Thompson to your Chris Hemsworth in that our reboot is also not as good as the original. That is true, Chris. Today, we will be talking about the casebook on the men in black. Here come the men in black. This is going to be Art Bell's interview with Jim Keith on July 24th, 1997. It is all about his book called The Casebook on the Men in Black, which discusses men in black, who they are, and various encounters of the men in black. I'm so glad that it's art giving us this Men in Black. This is going to be incredible, I feel like. And we're also going to hear from a lot of his listeners who have seen Men in Black. Apparently seeing Men in Black is incredibly common, or at least it was. Galaxy Defenders! Yep, so it should be a good time. And this was actually right around the time when the original Men in Black movie came out. Uh, Because if you're not aware, Men in Black as a conspiracy was around much longer than uh, the the movie was. The good guys dressed in black, remember that. Are we just going to keep doing this the whole time? (laughs) Oh, dude, the whole entire time. All right, Chris. Well, before we get to that, we got to go check in with our good friend, Tim Banal at the Coast to Coast AM blog. Tim time. This week's article, Haunted Rocking Horse, going up for auction. A haunted play item, Paul. We haven't seen this in a little bit. It's been a while. I think it's been since our haunted dolls uh, that we discussed yes. something like this. Yes, I think you're correct. Yeah. So uh, it's good to see the rocking horse industry getting a little love. Well, I feel like Haunted Dolls is a little cliche at this point. Like after the Annabelle movie, we got to mix it up. You know, I'm a little tired of the doll thing. Rocking Horse, it's more fresh. It's fresh and the kind of horrifying nature of a rocking horse slowly rocking towards you. Pretty terrifying. Or not even rocking towards you, just in a corner rocking when no one's touched it. Also super scary. Yeah, that's... I wanted to the coming towards me is what I think is terrifying, but you're mm. right. Just just sitting there rocking would be pretty scary. Well, because I'm imagining the small ghost child who's on it that I can't see, and small ghost children are right. the scariest types of ghosts. Those are the scariest ghosts. So from the article, Chris. An eerie looking rocking horse is going up for auction in England later this month. And the woman selling the peculiar piece is warning prospective buyers that the classic children's toy is actually haunted. Do you think a haunted item gets more bids or less bids? Definitely more bids because, I mean, this thing looks like a piece of crap. If it's not haunted, why would you buy it, honestly? Okay. Got it. I feel All like right, that's the going. reason for buying. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Right. 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 And so, and so what you're saying is it wouldn't have gotten nearly as many bids if she didn't preface it with it being haunted. Yeah. I think you have to do the warning and that's going to just jack okay. up the price. 
According to a local media report, the odd object, which can be seen below, was originally owned by psychic medium and self-described ghost hunter Dick Godden, who performed seances in his home during the 1940s. Oh That's my a spooky God. time. And he was, perf- he was performing a seance, and the spirit went into his child's rocking horse. Well, let's find out, Chris. we got to find out. Uh, okay. Following his All passing. Right. The rocking horse wound up being handed down among his heirs until ultimately it reached his great-granddaughter, Kelly. Uneasy about having the unique piece in her home and noting that her own daughter has no interest in the toy, she has opted to put it up for auction with something of a worrisome caveat. Where does one sell haunted items? I think on eBay. I've seen haunted dolls on eBay before. Really? Yeah. Were you searching for these haunted dolls? Yeah, I was I was actually searching for haunted items on eBay. You can find them there. And they're they're kind of expensive too. Like some of them are a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> what other haunted items are there out there, Paul? Dude, think of a random item and there's a haunted version of it that someone's there's selling. A haunted version of it. It's usually kind of creepy things. It's gonna be more related to like horror movies and stuff, but like yeah, like haunted dolls, haunted children's toys, those are all really spooky. But yeah, if you just search I don't like think haunted I wanna items, see I don't think I want to see the haunted butt plug. Uh, No, I don't think anyone's going to be selling that, but maybe they are. Who knows? Who knows? Because that means you're buying it used at least. Okay, this is a gross conversation. I'm going to keep reading. (laughs) Kelly claims that her great-grandfather believed that there was a child spirit attached to the toy and says that when her grandmother came into possession of the rocking horse, it would inexplicably move to different rooms in her home by way of some unseen force. So this is my, this was my terror. Well, it's not, it's moving around. It's not coming towards you, but it just shows up in different rooms. I, that's actually more terrifying. That's very Annabelle, because that's what Annabelle does in the movies, is like, she just like shows up in different places. And then you like look around, she's like behind you. I can't believe you watched a movie that starred a haunted doll. I have watched all of those Conjuring movies. I watched like the the one about the haunted nun in Mexico that was terrible. I've seen them all. I've it's kind all of seven. crazy. That's like that's the only thing those actors do anymore. Yeah, they only do those that slate of movies. Uh, I don't. That's, I don't know if they're doing it. anything else. Yeah, I don't think i've ever seen them in anything else since they started doing those movies well there, i think there's been seven movies in the conjuring universe and then they also had those um additional ones um in like a different universe about ed and lorraine warren so but like it's the same group of people doing all of them right yeah yeah although she has personally never experienced anything particularly paranormal by way of the piece kelly conceded that she has heard disembodied footsteps coming from the second floor of her home it's quite often loud she explained as if someone is walking around but there's no one up there i don't see how the feet are connected to the rocking horse i think you would if there is a child attached to the horse maybe the child's just running around the house too I guess maybe. I guess maybe. But I I have a feeling this may be a separate haunting. It could be. Or maybe there's just a lot of souls attached to the horse, you know? Oh, okay. It's like a multiple-souled horse. Yeah, that that horse is full of souls. You never know what's going to come out. Right. 
Perhaps hoping to rid herself of the spooky housemate, Kelly is selling the purportedly haunted rocking horse at an auction to be held this coming Sunday. Before the hammer could fall on the decades-old piece, however, she felt compelled to share the toy's spooky history with the world, lest someone unwittingly welcome unwanted spirits into their home. That's nice. Nice of her to give them a heads up. Yeah, I guess. I'm, I still think, though, I think you're right. I, wa- I wonder if this is a swindler's technique, Paul. I mean, this feels like a auction move. Like, no, th- who's going to yeah. buy this horse otherwise? Or maybe there, I mean, maybe there are uh, rocking horse people out there, like collectors, who knows? I really feel that whoever bids on it should know she mused, even though I realize that it might put some people off. That transparency was echoed by the auction house selling the rocking horse as they specifically note that the piece was, quote, used for seances by a trance medium ghost hunter in the 1940s. The rocking horse was used for the seances. Yeah, I don't I want more information on this because I I just had figured like you had said, Chris, that the seances in the area of the rocking horse had attached something to the horse. It sounds like maybe yes. this horse already had stuff attached to it. It could have. This, he this bought it hunted. Very, very, yeah, this could be a very old rocking horse mm. that the creator on his death like imbued his soul into one last final piece of toydom so that he could live forever that is a possibility that is a possibility for certain or you know like how in the ancient swords you had to like to finally temper it you had to like run it through somebody's body like what if that was this rocking horse what you had to run your sword through someone's body yeah to temper the steel get that blood tempering can't you just put it in water it's like ultra metal, dude. Oh, okay. I hadn't heard of that before. Was that is that a real thing? I don't know. It could just be like lore or something like that. Well, Some ancient, ancient lore. I choose to believe it. While some might commend Kelly for revealing the piece's colorful paranormal past, more skeptical observers can be forgiven for wondering if the revelation is merely an attempt to increase its sale value, as it is currently expected to fetch around $250 to $400. That's not much. $250 for a haunted rocking horse. Uh, You would think even an antique rocking horse would get more than that. That's the thing is that it is really old. You know, it's almost 100 years old, if if not more than 100 years old, because it doesn't say how old the rocking horse is. I just feel like it should be more than $250. I guess so, you know. And this is what I'm saying. That probably means it's plastic then, Paul. It was. I mean, he was using it in the 40s. There's a lot of plastic in the 40s. Yeah, so I'm thinking... And I, I still, I'm telling you, I have this thing where I truly believe that plastic can't be haunted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just doesn't feel like it would be haunted, you know? I, I think you need wood. I think you need ceramics. I yeah, think like you porcelain, need cotton like porcelain and cloth. Doll. Yeah. Porcelain. Things that can be imbued with a spirit. And I don't think plastic because it's so artificial, can be imbued with any spirit. Like a pure synthetic being 
I'm sorry, AI can't be imbued with a true soul, which means that may be why our alien greys have to have some kind of synthetic and biological material in their system. What you just took this rocking horse to <laughs> alien greys. That was a really impressive segue that you did. 10 out of 10, dude. Ooh. We've been Ooh. doing this podcast too long, I think. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got to get to, uh, if I'm even for that, a little bit of housekeeping. Chris, we are a podcast. You can find us wherever you get podcasts. If you want to support the show, keep us running, keep us on the air. You can sign up for our Patreon, $2 a month at patreon.com slash coast to coast PM. Link is in the show notes. We're trying to do like two to three episodes extra a month just for patrons. So we've done seven so far. You can get full access to them for two bucks a month. And it keeps us ad free. I hate ads. We all hate ads. Like, we don't want to put ads on. So help us keep this going. Um, we have a Reddit, subreddits are Coast to Coast PM. You can find Chris on Twitter, c2cpmpod at gmail.com. You can email me, c2cpmpod. Oh, no, I'm c2cpmpod at gmail.com. You're our Coast to Coast PM. I'm confusing myself. I think it. that's it, Chris. Anything else? I did a terrible job. This all round. good, bud. All right. Yeah, you're fine. We made it through. Two today's episode art bills interview with jim keith on july 24th 1997 about the men in black chris are you ready for this this is going to be a lot there's a lot happening here i'm very excited because i this is one that i always kind of do believe in that there are spooks who work for alphabet departments that don't technically exist yeah, it feels right, you know? Maybe I watch too much X-Files, yeah. but it just feels right to me. Yeah, this feels directional. This is one of those directionally right instances. So mm -hmm. I'm here, I'm excited to hear some more details to kind of fill in the gaps. Yeah, well, there's a lot of, there's a lot going on. So we're going to find out today. But before we get too crazy in our cases, Chris, because we will get case studies, we got to start with what are the MIB? And the number one thing is, what are the types of encounters with the MIB? Galaxy Defenders. I don't uh, claim to be omniscient about this subject or anything, but one of the problems that people have in understanding all kinds of strange events um, is that they try to pigeonhole them in one category, right. um, whereas most of them have more than one source. And that applies to UFOs and um, angels, Bigfoot, and it includes the men in black. And for for my true opinion about the men in black, I think um, that these encounters uh, have at least four types. And those include the government um, that has been trying to shut up witnesses since at least the early 50s. Um, much as UFO buffs don't like to hear it, I think there's delusion about this, too. Um, some UFO buffs can be kind of paranoid. Well, it's also a very easy way, Jim, to explain evidence you had, like the fish that got away. You know, I have this incredible evidence you can weave a tail. And in the middle of the night, like thieves, the men in black came and took it. Sure. Here, here's my story. I wish I had the evidence, but the men in black have got it. Okay, so we're starting this off with a little bit of skepticism. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's the thing is that it is a very easy excuse for why you don't have proof, right? And I think that we've seen this with numerous uh, conspiracies 
where someone like, well, I would be able to show you, but you know, I don't have the deets or they took the records or whatever it is. You know, I feel like Bob, Bob Lazar is a, a famous yeah. case. Yeah. yeah. Bob, Bobby Lazar, dude. He's kind yeah. of the king of that. Yeah. But here's the thing, dude. If there is a super secret group of government agents, that's a really effective way of discrediting someone is breaking into their house, scaring the crap out of them, taking their stuff. And then all they can say is, I don't know, some spook showed up, you know? Right. And then they look wacko. Now, he mentions that there's like four types. He never actually goes through the four. He's really, he's not great at continuing a train of thought. So he jumps around a lot. But the important note is that not all men in black encounters are government officials. Some are, but not all of them are. Uh, surprising me as I did this research is that there's apparently a supernatural connection. That there really is a supernatural men in black. And that's a category that we seem to know a whole lot about, but uh, it, at the same time cannot explain whatsoever. As far as the government having uh, this kind of alien connection that has been fed into the technology and so forth, it's quite possible. But I always use this kind of Occam's razor thing. I have not seen any proof of that. Um, I do believe that there are all kinds of advanced government programs and that there have been uh, government aircraft that conform to the shape of flying saucers, but I've never seen that that single bit of data or that uh, that one that got away that proves that, uh, that these advanced technologies come from aliens. Okay, so he lost me a little bit with the paranormal men in black. Is he going to talk some more about that? He is going to talk more about it. The The basic idea is that men in black have some sort of like alien aspect to them or multidimensional aspect to them. And then they're helping okay. to conceal information. And then the government is replicating that phenomena to further scare humanity. Got it. So okay. We're, okay. we're also going to get into historical men in black, which is going back to like the 1500s of sightings of men in black. Oh, snap. So this is not That's a recent phenomenon. <laughs> right. This has been happening for for centuries. Because my first thought was that he was going to start talking about kind of like the hat man or something like that. But this is like government, still kind of government agents, but they would come from like the king instead. So they wouldn't be government agents. So there's two different men in black phenomena that we're looking at. And it's a little okay. confusing and not super clear, to be honest. There's the government okay. men in black. And those are like the FBI spooks with like their, you know, their their fancy hats and their suits and stuff like that. Top hats, black yeah. cars. Right. Yeah. And then there are supernatural men in black, which are these non-human encounters that people have with men who are dressed in suits, but their faces don't look human. Uh, it looks like they paint lips on their face and stuff like that. Like they have like dead eyes. They're really spooky. And those people also show up after you had an alien encounter. So the idea is there's some sort of non-human entity that is going out and intimidating people. The government's aware of it, and they started replicating that in their own, like, you know, trade craft to keep people silent. Got they also it. don't want people to talk about it. Yeah. Got it, dude. Oh, that's yeah. really interesting. That's very like Stephen King esque. I believe yeah. Stephen King called him the Cantoy, and they were like other dimensional beings that would come into our plane and essentially act like the Men in Black. And what they were typically doing were harvesting 
uh, psychics. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's going to be very similar. Was that Dark Tower? That was Dark Tower. Yeah, that's. It's going to be incredibly similar to this. So those are the two different like trains of thought we're going to have to walk today okay. is that there's that government version and then right. there's the multi-dimensional potentially interdimensional like you know beings who are coming in as well and doing something scary. right yeah and our government is just mimicking the interdimensional men in black that seems to be jim keith's contention is that they're just kind of copying what those interdimensional beings were doing like, I'm gonna oh, be honest. I've never, I've never heard this theory. It's interesting for sure. It's interesting. Yeah, Art asks the pretty obvious question of like, is any of this actually real? <laughs> Which I thought was helpful. The Men in Black. Is it real? Are they real? Are there really Men in Black? What have you concluded? Absolutely, there are. Um, but there are also fake Men in Black. <laughs> Um, you know, it's it's very interesting. I think the same thing is true of re really any paranormal uh, uh, phenomenon. There are real uh, instances of this, and there are fake uh, there are fake ones. And you know, my own belief is that the paranormal sometimes spurs um, uh, the government to simulate these things to really twist people's minds. Yes, I've frequently wondered about that. Yeah, uh, whether. Uh, the government has an interest in promulgating the whole idea of the paranormal uh, as a diversion of some sort. Yeah, baby, this is just this is just like propaganda operations. Yeah, right. Yeah. The little little agit prop, mm -hmm. like somebody comes out and says the Men in Black, the government did all this crazy stuff. Why would the government want to be like we didn't do that? That wasn't us. This guy's just making all this stuff up. Mm -hmm. Or well, vice versa. When yeah. they do do that, and they're typically doing it because they did do stuff. Well, and that's a big part of, you know, the FBI infiltrating different radical organizations is like, right. obviously, a big aspect of it is they're trying to get dirt on people or set them up or frame them or whatever it is. But then I think also a, a big aspect of it is that they just want to breed the paranoia, which they've done, Yeah, where exactly. no one in these organizations trusts each other because they've seen how many times the FBI have infiltrated these far right or far left orgs. And they're so paranoid that that's being done to them. So it's like no matter what they win, you know, either it's real right. or it's not, but it plays into their hand. Correct. Yeah. So not not shocked by that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, here's another big question, Chris. Why are they wearing black? Well, I've always wondered about that. I mean, you're right. They do wear black suits. They do uh, drive in black cars. How come? Well, let's say uh, you have seen a UFO, or let's say that you research this material and you're getting fairly close to an answer. Okay. Um, a government man walks up to your door in uh, a black suit with a, with a black hat. Maybe he's got weird eyes. Maybe he's got long fingers, as many of these guys do. What it does is it scares the living daylight out of UFO observers. Well, you make a good point. I mean, if your local government guy drove up in an orange car with a striped tie and uh, some sort of loud sport jacket, uh, you probably wouldn't take him near, nearly so seriously as mm -hmm. if he were dressed, as you point out, in black with a black hat and a big old black car. Uh, when you see something like that coming, you're going, oh, yeah. uh oh. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's the typical... If you put on a uh, a hard hat, a high-vis vest, and a clipboard, you can probably walk into just about anywhere. 
There is a uh, funny video I watched about how you can use a ladder to get into any building. If you just carry a ladder, no one stops you. Right. <laughs> I think it's pretty it's, similar. Yeah. It's like, that guy knows what he's doing. Now, what's what's funny to me, too, is the idea that, you know, if you see a UFO, the men in black come to shut you up. And hearing some of the stories that have come out recently of, you know, Air Force men or Navy pilots who have seen UFOs report it and everyone just forgets about it. It just goes into this like bureaucratic black hole. And it's like no one ever came to talk to them. No one ever brought it up again. There's never any like intimidation. It was like they made their report and then it's just gone forever, which is a, a bit of a contradiction to the idea that there's like someone that's coming to shut people up, uh, which I think is kind of funny. Well, but those are official reports, right? And so, and as a military person, you're kind of taught not to push the point. Mm-hmm. You may, you did what you were supposed to do. Your superior officers are going to do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And I think it's a little bit different in the civilian world. So you think the civilians need someone to come shut them up and the military, it's like, they're, they're already going to shut up. They're not right. really allowed to talk about it. Yeah. Almost always, almost always. They're just going to shut up. And again, you're not, it's like, what are you going to do? Like, Oh, start telling everybody you saw ufos in the military no because they want to be they want to have a career typically i mean that's what's made this whole colonel grush stuff so crazy is that he did have a pretty strong career in the military already like he could only go up he's still kind of a young guy he gave it all up, man, to blow the whistle. God bless him. He's in the Lord's work out there. Whistle, dude. But like a lot of people aren't going to take that path. Yeah, it's the harder path. It's the harder path. It's the path less taken for everyone to call you crazy or think you're insane. Right. All right. So, Chris, you ready for a, a MIB case example? Let's go. Let's get into it. Well, I don't know. There, you know, there are many good cases. One of the most interesting one that always kind of sticks in my craw um, happened to a Dr. Hopkins in Maine in 1976 and he had been uh, hypnotically regressing um, uh, an alleged UFO abductee and he was was met or contacted by a man in black who was bald had dead white skin and no lips. The lips were simulated with lipstick. (laughs) This man in black discussed um, the UFO abduction case that the doctor was was digging into in a monotone. He sounded like a robot. And then he apparently used ESP. He said, "Uh, doctor, you have a a dime and a penny in your pocket. The doctor reached in, and and that's what he did have in his pocket. The man in the black uh, told him to hold the penny in his open hand, and as the doctor looked at the penny, it turned silver, then blue, and then it slowly dematerialized. There was no chance for sleight of hand uh, or ledger domain. The doctor was holding this and looking close while it slowly dematerialized. Wow. That's an insane case study to start us off with. <laughs> That's the first one he gives, dude. That's a crazy one to kick off all the case studies with. But that is kind of a common theme that you'll hear with the men in black stories too. like outside of what um, Jim Keith is talking about is that they come pale white skin, like creepy robotic or like something really unnatural about their voice. And it looks like they have painted on features. And and that's definitely the interdimensional men in black. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's the one that is not normal. It really does sound like Hatman, though. 
It does a little bit. Yeah, for, for sure. It does sound like Catman. Um, an example of the terrestrial government men in black would be Mothman prophecies, which we had talked about. And I think mm-hmm. we actually touched on it where mm-hmm. a bunch of spooks or spook like people started showing up in West Virginia when Mothman started being sighted. And then this is like that. Are they aliens? Are they from another dimension? Like what's going on? Well, and weren't the uh, Mothman spooks specifically going after children as well? Yeah, they were asking about children a lot. I forget why that was happening. I don't think anyone actually knew. I don't know if we particularly want that an- that question answered. Good point. All right. Well, there's a little bit more to that Dr. Hopkins story, so we'll we'll wrap that one up. Now, Man in Black asked Dr. Dr. Hopkins if he knew of another famous UFO abductee, um, actually Barney Hill. Oh, yes. Um, He had recently died from a heart attack, and Hopkins responded that he did. And the man in black told him that it was no heart attack that had taken Barney Hill, but the same thing had happened to Barney Hill's heart that had happened to that penny in the doctor's hand. Do you think that these men in black are actually... The Greys coming to mess with people who did witness whatever it is that they were doing. I was wondering that myself because a lot of times people actually won't see their eyes and they're wearing hats. So if they have a bulbous head, maybe they're hiding it under their hat somehow. So I think it is maybe possible. I think they are usually described as pretty tall, though. Um, But they could do uh, if they can if they can manipulate or brains in this fashion, then I mean, they could actually just be walking out amongst us and are just messing with our brains for us to formalize that they're six feet tall, wearing black hats, have painted on features. And then that would kind of make sense too, because what they're projecting into our brains is a very imperfect version of humanity. Like if you were to try and draw a gray, I'm sure it would be a janky version of a gray right we don't totally understand the nuances of it right um that's why the features the pair painted on and stuff like that because it's a projection of what these beings see of us and they talk robotically because they're actually androids and that's why they can survive such high g right and, and and not just that they're androids, they're having to use some kind of translation to oh. speak with them. So it's going to come out robotically somewhat because they're having to speak to us in whatever language it is that they're dealing with the person that they're speaking. I like that, dude. It's like in Snowpiercer where they uh, talk into those little uh, discs that then right. spits it out in like Mandarin or whatever. Yeah. And that's exactly what's happening. I love that idea. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Well, Chris, along with them potentially being gray aliens, they could also be related to witches. Uh, your book begins with an interesting angle, the black arts, demons, witches, yeah. that sort of thing. Sure. How does that fit in? Well, you know, these guys, um, the men in black, just as they're described today, have manifested since my, my earliest cases, I think, go back to the 1500s. And back in those days, they were always referred to as agents of the devil and were usually uh, seen in the context of witchcraft rituals and satanic sabbats, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that sort of thing. As we went forward and as uh, we went into the irreligious 20th century, people started interpreting these guys differently. And they were more often seen with UFOs and shutting up witnesses of UFOs. And when people um, were hassled by the men in black, they didn't immediately think, here's, here's a, an envoy of Satan. They thought of them as extraterrestrials. Paul, listen to this. If we're keeping with our ideas that these are actually the gray aliens manifesting themselves in some reason, in some way to deal with humanity because of whatever X reason, right? These things would be connected with esoteric knowledge, which would be perceived at from the wider society at the time as witchcraft, as sorcery. That's true. That's true. Because, I mean, they're flying, right? They have weird technology. What is, I mean, magic, it's like technology that we don't understand, right? Exactly. That could be a possibility here. And then they are recognized as satanic in some way. And again, this is one of those things that we do such a bad job in our society of sanitizing what technology is. Technology is magic, It's us harnessing our physical world to our will to do things that we shouldn't be able to do. And so that, that is witchcraft. That is sorcery. That is alchemy. Yeah. And it's something that has been around since the 1500s, Chris. So before that, watch out for those men in black. (laughs) Like, you know, I'm, I'm giving a lot more credence to our ancient alien theorists. This may be very, very old. It could be. Maybe they've been coming for a long time and they just present. Well, because they're also going to, if they are presenting to us in like suits and stuff, then they clearly are replicating what we would expect to see, right? Right. Because we would expect someone to show up on our door dressed in clothes that reflect the time period. So yeah, maybe they would be dressing like 1500s nonsense or something like that. Right. Um, and then whatever you perceive as the bad guy, because he used the example of like, oh, we see them as aliens. But then also we see them as the government, because we also think the government's the bad guy because they do so many bad things. Right. Um, so it's the bad guy of your time is who you project that they are. You know, in the 1500s, you were probably seeing like a sheriff priest. Very well could. Well, Chris, we actually have one of Art's listeners whose dad saw an MIB. Uh, Art, I want to tell you a true story of the men in black. My father had fought cancer for several years. In the fight, uh, he had lost his nose to surgery and had to wear a fake one made for him. He lost all of his teeth and half his jawbone. He suffered through radiation to be told that It was all gone, and 30 days later, there was nothing uh, more that radiation could do to save him. Then he went through chemotherapy, sickness only to reach the point that the doctors were continuing to keep him believing it was working. Next, my mother died of a heart attack two months after my father was expected to be dead. But he wasn't. But now he was feeling the loss of my mother, and after he had made uh, plans to see that she was taken care of, The next evening, my sister and I were with him. He began to talk to us and tell us he was sorry that he had been so much trouble, and he realized uh, how out of it he had been recently. I told him it was all right. Uh, He told me he was glad that they had come to visit him and set him straight. I said, who came to visit? And he said, 
the men in black. I asked him who they were. And he said he didn't know. But they came to visit him, and they were going to give him a message. Or did give him a message. I, I asked, what was the message? He told me they would return soon to take him to be with my mother. Of course, she was now dead. It seems a little bit more like Angel of Death than Men in Black, which I thought was interesting because it felt like, number one, angelic, or number two, Grim Reapery, yeah. um, which is a bit different from the alien aspect. Yeah. That was a weird one to go with. Yeah. I don't think that was quite right for what we were talking about. Yeah, but I thought it was I thought it was interesting. I want to throw it in because with Mid and Black, it seems and this is one of those times when I start getting a little frustrated. People just start applying everything and anything to it. Right. And throughout the episode, if you go and listen to it, there seems to be a bit of like people just seeing crazy stuff where it could be anything from like a shadow person type situation to the government officials to aliens to spirits or ghosts like it's it's a bit of a moving targets you know it, yeah you know I, I almost more kind of thought of the what was it the the valkyries who would take the fallen vikings to heaven more so than than men in black but you're totally right people just kind of everything becomes men in black almost yeah which is really what the callers were doing for for most of this episode but there were some good men in black callers that we'll discuss um well and like we've said uh, the callers can be pretty indiscriminate sometimes you know they kind of just start they're like uh, they're much like men peeing at the toilet bowl it's as long (laughs) as it's in the general vicinity right it's it's around there it could be on the floor sometimes it could be dead in the center of the bowl but it's going to be in the area somewhere yeah yeah that's fair that's fair for sure you got some weird analogies today chris it's i'm off the rails apparently it's fine all right so let's go to some uh old school mib sightings yeah there we're talking really um an event that is more usually framed in olden days um uh, with the uh, which with the witchcraft connection, or these guys are often seen in, um, for instance, in a religious area like Ireland, um, where they're observed at graveside and so forth. So that fits in perfectly, actually. Hmm. All right. Again, the demonic connection that goes. You're saying that is where it began around. You think in the 1500s, right? And they were uh, actually described as men in black even then. Oh yeah. Um, in, in very much in detail, you know, they're, they're black silk suits, uh, and they're black hats, and oftentimes these guys then wouldn't be, of course, driving a black Cadillac, but they would be driving, uh, black coaches or, uh, or black cars. Yeah, have a black horse with red eyes, dude. I know, I know that trope. Dude, th- how creepy would that be if there's a guy with, like, a black top hat in a black carriage that's rolling through your town or, like, rolling up to your cottage, you know? It's Not scary. to make me feel good. It's That's, scary. That may be scarier than the black Cadillac. Probably. I think, honestly, well, a black Cadillac's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if someone rolls up in a black Cadillac, I'd be like, damn, that's a nice car. Yeah, dude. You're looking and like with some chromed out rims, some 22s, got the nice subwoofer system in the back, just boom. 
my neighbor actually has a black Cadillac now that I think about it. <laughs> Heck yeah. So here's the thing, Chris. Like I said, it's a little hard to nail down. Um, and I, it's going to get harder to nail down because one of the possibilities is maybe we're creating the men in black through like our psychic nature or something. In a way, I think that we may externalize and really shape the horror of a UFO encounter or of a plague encounter or of a death encounter into a true, a true and a real exterior event that takes place. Now, I'm not saying it's not real, uh, and I'm not saying that this is a, an hallucination, but I think that exterior reality reflects far more our interior reality, and particularly our reality of trauma, than we imagine. Huh. Dude, that's actually a really fascinating take. I uh, know. I thought that was. Uh, I thought that was interesting. I mean that that goes perfectly hand in hand with our ideas about mimetic energy and kind of ideas be able to bubble up in different areas, right? Yeah, and, and it's that, like a projection of the the trauma of a UFO sighting is yeah. what leads to this encounter. Yeah. Right. So the, the the brain trying to make sense of what just happened and that it's so common amongst everyone is probably a manifestation of something within inside ourselves. And that's also why it's typically around such religious events or near death events is that these are traumatic experiences and our brain is trying to come to terms with what is happening to us. And that's also where some of the conversations around UFOs and UAPs go. If you dive deep enough, it's a situation of like, well, it's so hard to prove because in some way it's us projecting UFOs into the universe. So it's right. not like a real natural phenomena. It's a human consciousness created phenomena, but we are creating that actual, you know what I mean? Like, we're we're manifesting it in the world and that's why we see it very trippy very esoteric very esoteric well you know who else was esoteric chris no who hitler oh god yeah he was actually pretty <laughs> who esoteric. apparently had mib visit him well, uh, there are many, many interesting encounters. One that I find quite fascinating is that uh, apparently Adolf Hitler encountered a man in black. Oh? Um, according to um, uh, a Governor Roshning of Danzig, Germany, who knew Hitler early in his career, Hitler would wake up night screaming that he had seen these people dressed in black and that they were the new men and that they were intrepid and cruel and that they horrified him but that this was the future and um as to whether that's a, a real man in black story whether it was a real paranormal encounter or just uh, uh just a case of, of, of hitler having having uh, the dts i really don't know but i found it interesting my immediate thought I think Hitler may have just been tripping on all the drugs he was doing at the time. That is fair. He may have just been really, really high. Because wasn't he like a ton of like speed and stuff like that? Oh, it was more like what wasn't Hitler taking? Yeah. Because they needed to give him uppers, but if they gave him too many uppers, then they had to give him downers. And if they gave him too many downers, then they'd have to give him new uppers. And like, so this dude was just like, consuming drugs at a take that no human being should ever and it's tweaked out well and that was also kind of my thought about the the cancer father was that 
you're typically on a lot of opioids. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like if you're ever going to have night terrors or anything like that, it's going to be on opioids. Yeah. I've, heard, I've heard Benadryl is particularly bad for people seeing Hat Man or Shadow People. Really? I didn't yeah, know that. But, yeah. So if you take too much Benadryl, you, it typically knocks you out, right? But then you're, you know, if you wake up, you're in a daze, you're, mm-hmm. you feel really groggy and weird. It's messing with your brain. And uh, yeah, people will often see Hat Man and Shadow People on Benadryl. Dude, I want to see Hatman or Shadow People. I've seen. I, I do not. I do not. I do not. I've wanted to see something for so long. I want to see a ghost. I want to see a spirit. I want to see a UFO. Even I haven't seen anything. Even if it's a manifestation in my brain, dude, I do not want to see any of that stuff. I want to believe, Chris. I want to believe. I'm fine believing it's a manifestation right now. I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> I'm perfectly comfortable with that. I'm fine with it being manifestation. Very comfortable with that. All right. So we got we got one more story from our boy here. Then we'll get to some callers, I think. Uh, but this one is about a UFO buff who ran into the Men in Black. Uh, you have a chapter here called On a Bender. What is that? What is that all about? What that was is an early um, UFO buff who edited um, a magazine about UFOs and ran a UFO organization. Right. He claimed that he was contacted by three men in black who told him the ultimate secret about um, about UFOs, what they were really about, and then took him um, well. Initially, he said that they were government, and they and they told him to shut up about it. As time went on, and as the as the dollar signs kind of arose in his back brain, um, the story got more convoluted, and he went to the planet Kazik, where everybody was naked, and uh, and it was it was quite a, a quite a joyride he had in the UFO. But originally, it was just him being involved in UFOs, and then three men in black contacting. You mean an entire clothes optional planet? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That the man makes up a whole UFO story to go along with it definitely increases my skepticism of the first part happening. Yeah. If you're willing to lie about being taken to a nudist colony planet, right. I don't really know if your MIB story is real. Um, this that guy is- has chosen some of the worst stories to make his argument for the men in black being a real phenomenon honestly the callers were more convincing than this guy he brought up the weird stuff dude he's like very into the esoteric men in black yeah definitely i i I mean well but that kind of makes sense about his theory that it's just a manifestation yeah it's the weird ones that aid in that argument and i think it's also just so hard to nail down the more terrestrial stories that you hear because there's just not much there to go off of it's someone showed up um and then they said some scary stuff and then they disappeared like that's it right right? or like bob lazar um saying how there was like a car following him and then someone broke into his vehicle and didn't steal anything or someone kept breaking into his house so it's like not something you can nail down it's just like a negative experience with another human but you don't have much information on it. So I don't know. 
but the the gray alien painted on face one is also really creepy so i do like that I so mean, gotta... <laughs> i'm kind of really leaning towards that theory right now i'm really loving that theory yeah it's pretty good it's pretty good all right so uh, we got a caller who asks about women in black like are there women in black what's up with that um i have uh, a couple things just to bring up um one is that it seems to me that in um just reading uh, ghost stories like it you know all throughout my life yes it seems like i've I've heard quite a few references actually to women in black, and usually they're you know purported to be some sort of ghost of a woman who's been deceased or something like that. But it does seem like women in black have appeared. And something else, the second thing that I'd like. To a lot mention, of them are witches, I suspect. Maybe. But um, another thing that I'd like to mention is the um, total preponderance throughout the British Isles yes. of stories of black dogs. And their behavior in animal fashion, of course, is almost identical to what I've heard of the behavior of the men in black. And let us not forget black cats. Yes, but the black dogs are often so much more sinister. They'll appear, and, you know, you won't even be able to see their eyes or any part of their face, and then suddenly they'll just vanish into mist, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't like that. Yeah, and supposedly they're, you know, they're familiars of, you know, witches or, of, uh... you know, necromancers or something like that. So maybe these men in black are something similar. Uh, fair comment, Jim. So I wanted to pull that one because the black dog thing got me. There is a story called the Bell Witch in Adams, Tennessee, that I'm very familiar with, Chris, and you're aware of this as well. But one of the things about the Bell Witch is that there was a black dog that would roam the town and like scare people. Um, and it was somehow associated with the witch or the witch was transforming herself into the black dog. Or, or something like that. But the black dog thing really caught my eye because I'm I'm very familiar with that kind of folklore. Well, and I believe we also got an instance of a positive spirit dog in one of our ghost to ghosts. We did, where there was a sweet dog that showed up on Christmas Eve to a, a lonely woman and a stayed with her woman. all day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So got, dogs can be really nice or really evil, I think. You got to watch out for the dog. Right. Well, it's the master who is typically yeah. the positive or evil force, right? Yeah. There's no bad dogs, just Satan dog owners. That's right. I guess. Or men in black dog owners. Yeah. Got to watch out for that. Yeah. Well, I got another story here, Chris, from a uh, caller who has a bit of a spookier MIP story. About two years ago, I suffered an episode of missing time. I um, was out after I got off work late at night. And uh, I was stopped at a red light, and then the next thing I knew, I was 20 miles away, and an hour had passed. So I just kind of let it go. Um, about a week later, I was out, um, and I had stopped at a gas station and was getting gas. Again, it was at night. And this, I just remember this man being very tall and in a, in a nice black suit, walked up to me and told me that I was going to give him a ride. So I quickly put my gas cap back on, went around and got in the driver's side of the car, and I thought the passenger side was locked, but when I got in the car, he was already in the car. And he pulled me in, and I started to scream, and he told me if I kept screaming that he would kill me, that he just wanted me to drive him around. So I proceeded to drive, and he kept telling me, nothing has happened to you. Uh, you'll, you won't remember anything. And uh, I ran a stop sign, and he looked over at me and said, I know what you're trying to do, and if the police pull, you, pull us over, I will immediately kill you. And he just kept repeating, nothing happened to you. Nothing happened. You'll never tell anybody nothing happened. 
then we got out in the middle of nowhere. I'm still shook up about this. I'm, af- I'm afraid as I talk about it. He got out of the car, yeah. and he looked at me, and I'll never forget. It's like his eyes weren't there, and he said, leave now because I don't want to hurt you. I drove away. I started to cry after I got away from him, and I got it back into town, and I drove around town until I found a police officer. Um, when, when the police officer got to me, I was broke up and told him, and the police were already looking for me because the clerk at the liquor store had seen the man get in my car and heard him scream. They were looking for me my, in my car and a man in a black suit that had gotten in my car. Holy smokes. Did they ever find? No, 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 no. And it's a very small town that I live in. That's why I don't want to say where I'm at. I hear you. They never found him. Never. And he's never been seen again. This woman actually almost got abducted for real life. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. I was like, that's more, that's like a ghost to ghost episode story, dude. That's terrifying. That's not ghost to ghost. That is a woman who almost actually got abducted by somebody. Well, but there's there's a paranormal twist to it, though, right? Because she was saying how the night before she had lost time. So she was connecting it to potentially lost time. And then this guy shows up. So I was thinking with what he keeps saying about how you're not going to remember this, you're not going to, you know, um, tell anyone about it. Maybe he had gotten into her car before and that's why she had lost so much time. Oh, I see. Right. I don't know, dude. I I don't think either is connected to the two. I think she just almost randomly got abducted. You think like a serial killer just like jumped into her car? That the clerk saw him? Yeah. And then like just for whatever reason, this guy like just has like a clearing of his conscience and is like, get the heck out of here right now. Yeah, that's possible. I well, think that's what's happened. Lock your car doors, listeners. Lock your car doors. Good God, dude. That's terrifying. Pump gas in a well-lit area with lots yeah, of Yeah, dude, around. I don't know if that's men in black, man. I think that just may have been, she almost got really hurt. You almost got murdered. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I got one last one of a grandmother who used MIB stories to scare her, her grandchildren, which I found particularly mean. Good evening. Morning, Hello. whatever. Uh, where are you? Uh, my name is Steve. I'm calling from Portland. Yes, Steve. Yes, and uh, my grandmother used to scare us. Uh, I grew up on a ranch in Colorado. Used to scare us with a story about the men in black that came when her grandfather died. And uh, uh, it's, it, um, you'll have to excuse me. I'm a little bit nervous. It's quite right. But uh, my uh, her grandfather was uh, uh, belonged to a, a benevolent order. Uh, not the Masons, but uh, another, uh, and not not very large, but still a significant benevolent order. I don't really want to mention this, okay. but when he died, um, he always paid his dues, and he, they, my grandmother said they dressed him up like Dracula. He had a little sash around his neck, and he always he had this brooch. He worked in uh, magnetics, and uh, one of his hobbies was learning how to use hypnotism and, and magnetics to heal people. Yes. And when they, when he died, they, they, the, the, after the, the, the ceremony, the graveside ceremony, they ushered the family away. And the, the, she, she said that the men in black came and they, 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 the, the, after the, the, the ceremony, the graveside ceremony, they ushered the family away. And the, the, she, she said that the men in black came and they took the brooch from him. And they also, um, he gave, 
his his papers to them before he died on on what he was working about. Are you uh, you're saying brooch? Are you do you mean brooch? Brooch, yeah. Brooch, all right. Yeah, I'm sorry. My grandmother called it a brooch. That's quite all right. And uh, but uh, she said that uh, it was uh, uh, that uh, she he his grandfather had joked that if you stared into it, it would steal your soul and. In order to keep us in line, she would scare us and tell us that the men in black would come and, and snatch our souls if we didn't behave. There was a lot going on in that story. Yeah, it was a, it was a busy one. So we got a, a brooch that can like steal your soul if you look into it. The men in black's taking it back from the dead grandfather and then the grandmother using that as a cudgel to scare the grandchildren. But also the grandfather being in some kind of sacred order that he didn't want to mention. Yeah, and then being like a scientist as well. That's like, if you're a scientist in a sacred order, I don't trust you. Yeah, no, and, never, never. And we there have listeners in sacred orders. On. We have plenty of listeners yeah. in sacred orders who I trust. It's just the combo yeah. of scientist and sacred order. I'm like, there's too, too much, much, too much knowledge. You know, you can't have the science and the esoteric knowledge. That's right. Uh, it's too powerful. Yes. Well, Chris, that was our casebook on the men in black on a scale of one to five black Cadillacs. What do you give our boy Jim Keith? I don't, I don't even know. I don't <laughs> even know. I don't, I, I'm unsure what I'm rating my belief that the men in black i think i think i don't know like a three and a half four black cadillacs i'm not sure i really don't know i mean i kind of like the idea of the the manifestation of men in black being yeah. something that's been with us since of i think probably pre-1500s to be honest mm -hmm. i think this is probably a pretty ancient trope that has uh stayed with us since the the very black very back just thinking of black shadow creatures and yeah. stuff like that that's just always going to be terrifying i mean just anything outside of the fire pit back in the ancient times right i yeah. mean that was all terrifying black shadows um so that's not too shocking and like the use of shadows has always been with us. I mean, go look at the caves of ancient humanity, and they made those paintings to move with the flickering of the light. So it appeared as if these whole stories were taking place and, you know, it's licking, the flames are licking against the wall and you're probably on some mushrooms or, you know, have had some kind of early alcohol or something like that. And things are going crazy. So I don't doubt that the, the, the shadow person has been with us for a long time. I don't know if I would call some of these instances men in black. I think yeah. they much more come over the realm of hat man and shadow people than men in black. If I really want to hear some more, some real men in black, I think of like government spooks who are trying to cover up something. And I, and I feel like we didn't get a lot of those stories. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to give them two black Cadillacs and it's because we didn't get more of those stories. I really wanted him to dive deep into those scenarios and art kept prodding right. him 
throughout the episode to do that. And he just didn't really give those up. I don't know if he doesn't have that many in the book or if he didn't investigate that many of them. Right. But he kept bringing up these more like weird esoteric examples of like Hitler saw them or there was this weird guy uh, who said that he went to a nudist planet after the men in black visited him. And it's yeah. like, no, like there, I have no doubt that spooks visit people who try and talk about things that they don't want them to talk about. Like tell us those stories. Those stories are grounded yeah. in reality. And then also give us some of the weird spooky ones too. Like the guys who showed up with painted on lips, like that's terrifying, but yeah. maybe cut out all the other nonsense. Um, that would have been a bit more helpful for me. Like you were saying, it doesn't even have to necessarily be about UFOs. There's got to be plenty of instances where the government came and scared people. Yeah. Happens all the time. I want to hear about those. I want to yeah. hear about those. Just scary government stuff. There's government scary. <laughs> They're scary. Yeah. Government can be scary. Go government can kill you and get away with it. And it's totally fine. No one cares. Well, people care. Like, but the government doesn't care. Tell me those stories. Yeah. Those are the stories I want to hear right now. Well, Chris, that was our boy, Jim Keith, on the Men in Black. I think that will wrap up this week's episode. We will be back next Thursday, as always, with a uh, another release on our public feed. And last pitch, you can join us on Patreon for $2 a month to get bonus episodes. Uh, I think that'll be it for this week. We will see you all later. All conspiracy, all the time. Later. <laughs>